Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host today. My name is Grant. With me, I've got Alex Seaman from Tamarack, Florida, and we're going to be talking about a grab they made on April 27th, 2023. So welcome, Alex. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Um, been with uh, Tamarack for 12 years. Uh, I just got promoted to captain about two months ago. Um, and uh, I love it. What? Uh, tell us about your department, for those that don't know. Uh, we are a three-and-a-half firehouse department. The reason I say half, we have uh, one rescue running out of one of the firehouses. We're soon to get a full-time suppression probably next year running out of there. Uh, one, one battalion, uh, career department. And then what are you guys getting on a first alarm? Uh, like house fire? Uh, three engine companies, three rescues, and one battalion, sometimes two. Uh, we've been trying to, all the neighboring cities have been kind of pushing along. And uh, three rescues, those are ambulances. That's like always Florida my rescues. next question. Florida, we, we call rescues yeah. weird. Figured I'd jump you. That's good. Yeah. Um, then you guys got auto aid with your surrounding departments? Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much all of them, except for the one to the north of us. But yeah, gotcha. I'm just don't, don't even ask automatic aid. And then, right what's the it. time delay? Like when people are arriving on scene, do you got units that are just stacked up on each other right away, or is it? Uh, are you working by yourself for a while, or what's that? You know, it depends if where it is location wise, and then how busy the other calls are in in this or our city and the surrounding cities but usually it's pretty stacked up pretty stacked gotcha. up so then uh you get a house fire how are crews getting assigned assignments to do work is it pre-arrival uh incident command driven or what um kind of a little bit of both based off tactics but straight off the bat regular house fire you're you're running first in an engine company uh pulling line second do it's hitting water supply um, usually the first do rescue is either going to assist with, um, attack or do primary search, most likely what they're going to do. Then second do rescue is probably going to do writ and then kind of staggers from there, depending on what they got coming. Cool. What's your search culture like in Tamarack? Uh, I will say it's gotten a lot better. It uh, still could improve, but it has gotten a lot better, you know, with the last couple of years, you know, a lot of our members have been going to, you know, expos and, and other surrounding trainings uh, in the state and out of state. So bring, everybody's been bringing that stuff back, you know, your classes, obviously gone to a couple. Um, so that helps, you know, a lot of young guys at our fire department. What's your, what's your rescue staff with? Is that two or three? Uh, it's primary three. We can run short for nine hours, you know, so it might have two guys on it. It might have three. And then what, what things are people doing for searches? Are they doing oriented search, split search, uh, VES or kind of a, all of the above type? Um, most likely oriented search. I guess it depends. It, 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 it depends on. You know, I, I wish it was across the board the same, 
but it depends on your crew and then the battalion's discretion if he's competent with his crew to do this or to do that. Good deal. All right, uh, take us to April 27th, 2023. So it was my first day in my new seat, actually. Um, we had our second fire of the day, which right off the bat, while we're going to this call, uh, we had just laid our heads to bed, I think, just before uh, midnight. We're on our way. We pretty much figured it was going to be uh, BS, just because how many times have you had two fires in one day? Um, so right there, our mindset was kind of like, at ease a little bit and thinking, oh, you know, we're pretty far out west. It's the, the fire is out east. We're never going to get there in time or it even be anything. So, you know, while we were driving there, once I started hearing updates, units going arrival, what they got, um, you know, our, our mindset started to change. Obviously, we knew we had something for real. Um, we also getting there hearing all these other units going arrival, I mistakenly probably changed my, my, my crew's mindset by saying, Hey, you know, we're most likely going to be third in engine company. Where are they going to be rid or water supply? So, you know, right there, right there is, is a, and I mean, I think I messed up on doing that because you should just expect fire, expect victims every single time and expect to work really, you know, because if, if you just go, all right, I'm going to be water supply or red, you know, I'm just going to be lazy, you know, sitting on scene, do 360, you know, throw a ladder or two and, and that's it as red or just hit a, hit a hydrant, you know, that's your mindset right there is just putting it at ease almost. Um, so I kind of screwed up there. Um, when we're coming down the street, there's only one company as investigation it was a so let me talk about this building for a little bit it's a three-story interior hallway multifamily uh, apartment complex um you know myself and other crews kind of talk about this place all the time it's a high hazard of ours it's interior hallways no sprinklers no uh standpipes only minimal egress points um so right right there it's it's an issue you know stretching long stretches unable to tell where the fire is you know obviously into your hallway so myself and other members have gone there numerous times stretched lines talked about tactics talked about egress points different options so in my head once i found out it was uh legit uh, fire, I kind of was already playing all those game plans in my head, even though I still didn't think I was going to be pulling, stretching a line. So I'm thinking about all those things, kind of getting all the updates. So like I said, I'm pulling down the street. One company is going up to the second floor. It was apartment 202. They're going up to the second floor to see if there's actually something going on. Um, their investigation crew, it's a one of the engine companies, they don't have a can. They go up, just two of them. Um, 
the second do engine company, they start hitting a water supply and there was already two rescues on scene. So one rescue is doing a 360 hitting utilities. The other rescues probably most likely getting bunked out. Um, Battalion's already has command. He's already started uh, issuing crews, uh, their tactics of choice. So when I come in, I come in opposite of everybody else. So there's two engines that are coming from a U, it's a U-shaped building. They're coming from the inside, the main entrance point. There's a, another entrance point on the upper wing or the outer wing of the building. And that's where I came in. I knew that they had already got that because I swear their engines were parked. And right when we make that right to go to the, do that quick entrance, I could look up and I see smoke. And right where it is a corner apartment, right where that is, is an exterior uh, stairwell. So I saw that exterior stairwell. I knew that exterior stairwell is there. It's always at the ends of those buildings. But when I noticed it was that apartment, I knew right then and there what my uh, attack would be. So I told Battalion, I said, hey, we're right here by the exterior stairs. I pretty much said, I'm going to pull in line. So he said, yeah, go ahead. You're attack group one. So that split second, when we're pulling up, it went from either our mindset went from either RIT or water supply to, hey, <laughs> we're pulling a line and we're going interior. So let's get to work. Um, the engine I ride on is the only clean cab in our city. So we get out, obviously, uh, get out of the truck, fully bunked out without our air pack, get our air pack on. I tell the fireman which line to grab. And then I'm going to meet him up on the second floor. So he starts grabbing the line. There's by that time, there's the second new engine is assisting them or assisting him, which is flaking out the line. Um, I know what apartment it is because like I said, I could see smoke coming out of the window. So I automatically told him, Hey, I want to uh, pre-connect this pre-connect. And that's where we're going. Just follow me up. So I get up to the second floor landing. It's very, very small landing exterior stairwell again. I open the door to the hallway and smoke is banked down to about knee level. And I could just see the other two firemen boots that were investigation group. Um, by this time, he, my fireman gets up there with the hose pack. We have Metro loads. Um, so my mistake, I told him to place the line right where that small landing was outside, just because of my smoke conditions. Um, the smoke conditions should have allowed us to go inside of the hallway to place a line or another option was to go up to the half landing between floor two and three. I should have done that uh, looking back because our Metro load right when it's opened and popped, um, it just causes a big mess. And it's right there on the landing on the second floor. It was just a disaster. Um, so right when he dropped it, I, I thought to my head I, uh, or thought to myself, hey, let's move it. So I told him, hey, let's move this line because this is going to be a mess. So right when I said that, um, the firefighter that was on the hydrant was yelling to the driver saying water. So he thought he heard us calling for water. So all of a sudden, 
I hear the, the engine start revving up and I was like, dude, this line's about to be charged. We need to keep this line here and start popping all the straps. So we quickly popped all the straps right there. We were like behind the eight ball, um, got the line charged, masked up. I met with the interior crew. They were still in the hallway. They said, hey, we try to make entry. It's super hot in there. Um, you know, I don't know where the fire is. I can't see anything. So I, I told my fireman, I said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to leave first. I'm going to try to locate the fire. Just, just follow right behind me. So the second we went in, I got real low, called out fire department, tried to listen for victims. I did a quick scan of the thermal and it just was white out. Um, so I told him, hey, just we're, we're going to the left. You know, I figured it was to the left just because of the orientation of the, the apartment and the building of where I saw the smoke. So I started moving left, moving left, and I turn, there was a wall. I turn, and all of a sudden I could see the fire. It was in the kitchen area. Right when I, I looked down, or I saw the fire, and I looked down to tell my fireman, I could feel him coming around my right side. I saw the victim. There was a victim right there. Um, right when I saw him, I said, hey, you start knocking the fire down, and I got the victim. Right when I was saying that simultaneously, um, I could hear the other crew coming, the, the two other guys coming up right behind us. So I told him, hey, I told the officer on that truck, I said, hey, have your firemen stay with um, my guy on the line, and then you come with me, or vice versa. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said it in those, those avenues. One guy stay with an Osman, and one guy come with me. And it happened so fast. I, you know, I've trained so many times. Um, on grabs and, and victim drags and this and that. I just, it, I didn't even have to think about it. I saw where the victim was and I, and I was saying all this while I was actually working. Um, so I grabbed the victim. I made sure uh, so her head was facing toward the front door. So I knew exactly my orientation of the building. Um, I knew exactly where I was and I knew exactly where the front door was, where we, where we came in. So I, Lifted under her shoulders. I got under her shoulders. Uh, I'm pretty short dude. I'm five six, so I grabbed her. I kept her real low, and I was pretty much bending over the whole time, keeping her, trying to keep her head as low as possible. Um, and I just beelined it for the front door where I went. By the time I knew it, I had worked uh, all by myself from to the front door then down the hallway, then to the landing outside. By that point, um, right when I got to the first stair, I was like, there's so much hose here. I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. And there was, it felt like it was no man's land. There was nobody there. So I start yelling, hey, I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to help me because I'm either A, going way down the stairs with her and it's gonna, I'm going to break my neck and it's going to be a disaster or someone gets here real quick and starts helping me out. So at that moment, the, the guy, one of the guys from inside grabbed her legs. And I just felt like it was like an angel grabbed my back. And uh, it was actually my battalion chief. He came up, ran up and uh, grabbed my back. And he was like, all right, let's move. So we moved down to uh, the half landing. I passed her off to another crew that came up. And um, I went back up. At that point, I was like, oh, shit. My fireman's still up there. I don't know if that guy's with him accountability-wise. So I ran 
right back up to uh, meet with him. What was uh, what do you think the weight of the victim was? She was probably she was super light. She was like 100 pounds. That's winning, right? Uh, was oh, yeah. was she slippery I mean, yeah. at all, or anything? Like, did you have trouble yeah, gripping? She, was, she had a no. She had a nightgown, and um, no, no trouble. I mean, just to look back at how fast all of this this occurred, and and from from thinking, you know, we're going to be uh, a writ team to hey, we're, we're pulling a line, and I just pulled the victim out. You know, just kind of take that into consideration of of how long, how many hours I have put myself, my crew, the whole fire department in the, in the training. I mean, it's just, it's just really obscene. Like how many hours, hours and hours and hours of training and research and, and blood, sweat, and tears go into just, you know, within five minutes, 10 minutes of, of this stuff. And, and it's, it, it's like, you know, why do I do it? Why do I do it? Why do I waste you know, you think you're wasting your time, thinking you're wasting your time, training, 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 and and then it 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 ends up, you know, being a benefit. Uh, and that's why, you know, we shouldn't have any, you know, complacency. When you when you guys entered that, uh, once you made the current turn, you found that the fire. How difficult was it to locate her? Was she just like obvious once you occupied that space? No, it was obvious. She was like. Um, so right when I made that left turn and right where the fire was, that window had vented. So it was just pitch back, pitch, pitch black, pitch black. And then all of a sudden, right when I saw the fire, it was just like the smoke had, you know, started venting out. And I looked down and it was like, she was like, clear as day. Nice. Had your nozzle person gotten ahead of you and opened up that line, maybe without getting a good view of that room, what do you, do you think that would have delayed finding her because typically once we open up the line the conditions oh, yeah. kind, of, kind of suck oh yeah no for sure i don't think i would have been able to see her um maybe you know he would have he would have he would have probably saw her before he ended up opening up the line or bumping into her and realizing hey she's here um so uh yeah yeah sure i think that would have been a mistake um Cool. What? Uh, so, having gone through this now, that was your first promoted shift. Yeah. What? What have you changed uh, in in the way you guys do business with your own crew, or the way you teach other members uh, out of out of this call? Like, what 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 are your big takeaways? Um. Well, that's hard to say because. Um. I'm pretty much a nonstop kind of guy and everybody goes, you know, is, is not for it. You know, everybody's like, all right, we need a break. We need a break or this and that, you know, I'm always doing mask up drills. I'm always, you know, want to do this drill or that drill. You know, I, I think a lot, like I said, a lot of those hours that were put into making this successful was, was really plain to see. I mean, Matt, we have a clean cab, right? So being a clean cab, being the third new engine company and being able to know my tactics and know exactly which line I was going to stretch and exactly how to stretch it, you know, I, I that got us to the seat of the fire super quick. You know, our mask up 
super, super quick matchup time. I mean, it, it just led it all to uh, being sufficient. You know, I, I, I really wouldn't change um, anything else. I mean, I would try to change it to more people, more crews on other shifts and other firehouses. Hey, listen, you, this is, this is really important. You know, you can make fun of me all you want of how much I train, how much I want to do this, but it really, really is makes a difference. You know, I, I what think, we're here for. Yeah. And I think overwhelming, like when you do drills like that, it frees your brain to be able to think about the variables that the masking up or the, how you're going to drag a victim out or how you're going to stretch a hose is a non issue because you just, it's automatic, but it, but it allows yeah. you to, to recognize, you know, when you got to call an audible or, or get you to that decision, make it a little easier. So that's good. Yeah. It was literally, so, I mean, just, just grabbing the, the, the victim too. I didn't even for a split second, like think about how I was going to grab the victim. It was like victim. Hey, put the fire out. You guys stay with him. I'm out of here. You know? Um, so, and, and again, I didn't have any, you know, obviously she was super light. Um, but, and I'm not a strong dude by any means, but I was able to take her all the way, like super, super quick. I asked later, I said, dude, why didn't you help me with that victim? the other fireman and he was like dude you were flying i couldn't catch up to you so it was just just doing it so many times I, you know it, it just really i don't, I don't know that's good how it uh, what do you think do you know, do you have any idea what the timeline was on this from arrival to victim out yeah so yeah i got everything uh here um so dispatch um was twenty three seventeen. First unit arrival was 2323. My engine company was arrival at 2326. I called a dirty hallway at 2329, which means I'm most likely that's probably right when I opened that door and got to the second landing, second floor landing. Um, victim. So when I found the victim, I told, I heard, like I said, I heard those guys coming up and I said, I got a victim. So he was able to, he had his hands free. So he was able to call for a uh, found victim. Um, so victim found was at 2330. Uh, fire out was at 2332. And that's what time victim was out. Very nice. The victim was out. So I remember when they called victim out, that was a couple seconds after I had already um, passed off, passed off the victim. So it didn't take me two minutes to get the victim down to the half landing. It was definitely much quicker than that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So what else you got to add to this call? Uh, I just want to, you know, thank my, my crew as well, you know, they've, they've hang up job. My driver engineer knew exactly where to go, where to park. Um, my fireman knew exactly how to start flaking out, how to stretch. I mean, I've done countless mask up drills with him. He masked, was able to mask up super, super quick. Yeah. Again, like our clean calves, uh, he got his, his bunker gear on or his air pack on super quick. I, you know, I really commend those guys, especially when, you know, 
another mistake of mine, I left my fireman um, on the nozzle by, by himself. But, you know, even though I did do that, you know, again, that was my mistake, miscommunication with the other crew, but uh, he was still able to be confident, start knocking down the fire. He even called, you know, hey, water on the fire, on the comms, radio, or fired out. So um, I really commend him for, for all those actions as well. And, uh, you know, I think my battalion chief to be being uh, pretty aware of the situation and hearing victim out and start coming up the stairs to uh, fist me down. Because I'm pretty sure without his, uh, him touching me there, I'm pretty sure I would have broken neck. But, um, but yeah, thanks a lot and get out there and train. That's good. You know, it, it, the good crew is, is worth its weight in gold. You know, they, especially for the officers that are into the job. Sometimes you're dragging these guys along and they're like, oh, not another drill, not another drill. And then it's uh, it's cool when something like this happens and everybody can kind of do their thing and knows their role without having a whole lot of instruction, even if things start to go a little sideways. So uh, that's cool. I'm glad you shared yeah. that. For sure. Anything else you want to add before we wrap stuff up today? I mean, just, you know, know, know why we're here, you know know why we're here now a lot of guys get super complacent and why are we training again why are we doing this again and it's just about getting the reps in you know why are we why are we putting our air packs on for a fire alarm why are we doing you know just silly trainings again you know everybody kind of forgets why we do this yeah and why we're here and I think sometimes on the smaller departments too, it's easy to feel like, yeah, the grabs are never going to happen here, but uh, we need to train for it. We need to occupy space. And uh, I'm blown away this week alone, today and yesterday, I've recorded four, four episodes. So it's happening more and more and more and more. Um, and I just appreciate everybody, you know, getting in there, being aggressive and then following up. And just, just like at every, every podcast, we say, you know, you get a grab, with a firefighter rescue survey and fill out that information for us. Yeah. If you know, if you want to share your story, uh, I learned something every time this is going to be episode 115. I learned something, one or two things out of every single grab, no matter how insignificant it seems. Uh, we ask you just, just come on and share it. Uh, you can be anonymous. You can, you can tell us your info um, as much as you want to share, but we appreciate it. So uh, Alex, I appreciate you reaching out to me and being patient till we can finally get this recorded. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, Chief.